podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy, and as always, my co-host Ben Aiton. Uh, we'll be talking to you about the 1-1 draw at the Riverside against Middlesbrough. Uh, now, Ben, it's Tuesday morning. I've got my days in, in, in sex now. Um, how's, your week, <laughs> how's your bank holiday weekend been? We, we last spoke on Saturday morning. Was it Saturday morning we last spoke on? So how's the yeah. rest of your bank holiday weekend been? Uh, weekend's been all right. Um, my little one's uh, got a cold at the moment. It's her first cold that she's had, so it's not nice seeing her suffer at the moment. But um, mm-hmm. hopefully she gets better soon. But other than that, weekend's been all right. We've just seen family um, now, which you're able to do. Um, mm-hmm. Now for all the sixes came in. So, yeah, taking uh, the, making the most of that opportunity, really. So, yeah, it's, it's nice to socialise with people again um, outside, which is really good at the moment because we feel like our little one hasn't really interacted with family members and that's. So yeah, it's great to see um, her, her with family now. So, yeah, and then picking up a point yesterday, um, just uh, rolled off a good weekend, really. Um, four points in two games for Watford now over the Easter period. So, I think we'll take that um, going in if you asked us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, mate. You know, um, still unbeaten as well. So, that's um, that, that's good for me. That's good all enough, what matters, mate. isn't it? Absolutely. But, yeah, hopefully. How are you uh, doing, mate? Anyway. I'm good, mate. Hopefully, hopefully Euler gets better soon, mate. And um, but yeah, I've I've got a, a lot of work to do this week in terms of fitness-wise. Obviously, with it being Easter, um, I may have cracked a few Easter eggs a bit early than Easter <laughs> Saturday, Easter Sunday. But um, and I've consumed quite a bit of alcohol over these last few days. So yeah, back on it today. You, con- you consumed a few um, just up to half time yesterday, <laughs> didn't you? Yeah, I uh, I slowed down. That that was quite. I, I sort of got ahead of myself a little bit in the first half, but uh, <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I don't blame you. Back back on it this week, and um, it's a shorter week this week, so I've got a, a lot of work to be doing. But yeah, other than that, mate, all good. Um, you know, back on TV again on Friday, aren't we? So you know, the games are coming thick and fast, but we're edging ever yeah. closer to the end of the season, and hopefully, we get in game by game closer to being confirming the return to the Premier League touchwood fingers crossed everything's crossed at the moment um but the the first thing that we we always start on is the, the team news that came from the riverside at half 11 on monday morning and we we were unsure whether pedro was going to start because obviously he come off injured against sheffield wednesday i think um you know i put him down to start on my selected team uh, from the fan hub app and um, a, a lot of people perhaps wouldn't have expected him to start, but 
when that team lose broke Ben, the only change was success was out, Sema was in, and then João Pedro was was still in the squad. So it was back to the original four three three, which we know and love, which is Bachman, Feminia, Trustekong, Sierra to Messina, Hughes, Chalaba, Zinkenagel, and then Saar and Sema either side with João Pedro through the middle. Um, was you a surprised and b happy with that team, Ben? Um, yeah, but you, you can't not be pleased with that team. That's, that's mm. probably our strongest eleven. Um, when um, at the moment with all the injuries that we've got, with like the likes of Clevely out and um, others as well. So yeah, that, that's the strongest side that um, Cisco could have picked. So yeah, really pleased with that. And I felt like it was with Semmer coming back into his team, it was giving us more attacking intent. I know it didn't really pan out that way, but looking at the side, it, it was it was good that we was going to go there with our strongest eleven and look to try and get the three points. Um, it was pleased to see that um, Pedro was actually fit and available because I did worry when he, he got a help down the tunnel the other day um, by the physio and other staff members as well. And for him to um, turn up as well, um, was, it's what we needed. And yeah, really pleased that it wasn't a big injury for him. Yeah, yeah, I think that was that was a worry. I mean, perhaps jumping the gun a little bit here, but I did see a few people yesterday saying that João Pedro isn't very good anymore, which, to be honest, um, is is quite ridiculous. Um, and I can't believe that I'm I'm reading stuff like that. You know, he's yes, he has scored for a while, but you know, he's still still having impact. So I think. I think it's very, yeah. very harsh to say that he's been poor and everything I, I else. I saw the same messages on Twitter yesterday. People saying, oh, if that was Troy Dini, who's only scored four goals in 20 games, everyone would be having a go at him. But I think Joe Pedro possibly adds more to the side than Troy Dini at the moment. So you yeah. can't even compare the two. And and to be fair, he's been playing out wide in the last few games as well, out on the left. So it's not like he's playing through the middle where all his goals have pretty much came this season. So I think it was very harsh. Look, I, I, saw, I think Twitter yesterday, we saw Twitter having a meltdown again. I think lots of people coming out saying we bottled it, um, bottled second place after get, picking up a point at middle. Jeez, I thought it was, it was a joke, really. It's like, <laughs> calm down. Come on, it's still in our own hands. Yeah, but you know what we like on Twitter? I mean, you know, have the have the biggest meltdowns at the smallest things. You know, we we love making a mountain out of an uh, anthill. So, yeah, it's um, you know normal service resumed, but that <laughs> winning run was never going to continue. But look, like we've said, at least the winning run ended with us not losing. So I'm I'm yeah. happy with that. You know, I put 100%. a tweet out. I put a tweet out yesterday after the match, and I said, would I have taken a, ga- a point before the game? Yeah, probably. Would I have taken a point based on the the sort of how the game went? No, I'm, I was disappointed. Don't get me wrong, but I'm I'm not hit, sitting there for one minute thinking, oh God, we've bottled second place. I mean, you know, that's without even talking about other results, which we will do at, at, towards the end of the pods. But yeah, I, I'm just happy that it was a one-one draw. But um... I think it's good to walk away from it feeling disappointed as well, mm, because yeah. you it. Because you just want more from your team, um, yeah. and like we saw, I saw interviews after the game with Will Hughes, and he was saying he was disappointed as well. And I think they, the team probably needs that because they're so used to winning every week. Where it's been the last six, six games in a row, they've won consecutively. So yeah. I think they probably need like a little hiccup in the road. And we saw it at Bournemouth, didn't we? We we there was a hiccup in the road. We ended up losing that game, but it's just how you respond from that now. Absolutely, absolutely, it is. Um. I, Obviously, the questions that we get from the listeners, uh, we, we save to the end. But I'm going to bring one up now purely because of I think it's relevant to because of how the game started. So the game perhaps didn't start 
great. You know, we yeah, we 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 always looked like we were on top possession wise, and we kept the ball very well, and we 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 looked good in possession. But Catherine Jones asked, should there be so many international breaks? Watford were absolutely on fire before the break, and now seems to have lost their way again. And I think that's very relevant to bring up now because we we not starting games with the same intensity. We or we're not seeing the games through with the same intensity. Uh, you know, we could have. We could have put that game to bed yesterday, possibly. So do you think that's another game where we've perhaps been a little bit lacklustre? And and then ultimately, this time, Middlesbrough had had our number and and was that managed to, to nick a goal back. Uh, yeah, the international break doesn't help at all. No. We mentioned it in the last podcast. Lots of key players travelled a long way to represent their countries. Playing. Some were even on the bench, didn't even feature, but they was training with their international um, countries during the week. And then they come back and maybe every day to get back into the Watford zone. And then they end up playing against Sheffield Wednesday. I just think it's a bit too much towards the end of the season when teams are fighting for promotion or relegation or whatever they've got to play for, even if it's like a cup run, like a cup final. But yeah, it's, it's difficult. It unsets the, um, the momentum that Watford are on. Yeah. Um, the intensity, like you say, the tempo, um, it just hasn't been the same since we came back. And that's that's probably down to the international break coming in and ruining um, for a, a momentum for Watford. But it's... And the performances probably haven't been the same. Um, very lethargic, av- average at times, probably. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've been out of second gear again. We've said all season under Ivic... We, we, we've just been in first gear. We've not seen those performances, but then under Cisco's, we've seen us hit third, fourth, fifth gear and absolutely destroy teams. But yesterday and Sheffield Wednesday, um, we've not really got out of first, second team. It, it, it was pass. It was really slow passing football yesterday. It was like walking football. Um, yeah. No offense to people who play walking football, but it, <laughs> it just it just felt like it was just watching it. Walking football, you weren't allowed to run with it. Um, it was just true secon passing to Serialta, back to true secon, true secon back to Serialta, um, maybe back to Batman, then it goes back to true secon. It, it was just one of those games. It was just like it was too many sideward passes in defence, and maybe that's down to um, the international break that's just ruined the momentum and maybe the confidence that some of the players were showing on the ball beforehand. Yeah, and I'm, I mean. I'm, no one really likes international breaks unless it was the the 2018 World Cup because that was just incredible. But I'm yeah. just trying to think: do they generally tend to have international breaks around this time of the season? Because I don't remember them, and it might be to do with COVID trying to squeeze them in. I know a lot of the games were World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah they do. They do tend to have them because um, my birthday's at the end of March. So my birthday's yeah. always a um, international game. I always try and go to Wembley if England are playing. So you've got the Euros every two, uh, every four years, and you've got the World Cup. So yeah. Those every two years, you've always got like a big event coming up. So there's always um, competitions for the international teams to start getting ready for, and, and then the uh, national league started up. Yeah, as well, didn't the it? nations so, league. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. So there's another competition. So yeah, it's pretty much every year around the Easter period is an international break, unfortunately. Which is yeah. silly because it's it's squeaky bum time for clubs, isn't it? Absolutely. You you don't want to be. I'm sure if Cisco had the opportunity, he would have turned around and says no one's going on international break but at the end of the day you know you, you don't want to be the type the, the guy that 
they know somebody of their maybe their first international cap or you know yeah. Danny Backman had been called up to uh, Austria I think Bassina to Morocco was the first time Andre Gray to Jamaica so you know you, yeah. you don't want to be denying because to represent your country I can only imagine it's it gives you an overwhelming sense of pride so then to have Massive. that taken away yeah. from you you know although we do need the players it would be very, very disappointing. So, yeah, um, but steering in the direction of, of the game again, unfortunately, I know it was quite drab, but that's what we're here to do. Um, the first real effort of the game, 11 minutes in, Zinconagel had an opportunity. It was deflected and it went out for a corner, which yesterday I thought the corners were quite poor again. Um, I, I, I just think, you know, it wasn't long ago that we, we saw this set-piece expert that we've supposedly got, sort of his magic working against Birmingham. But I thought yesterday on a whole, the set-piece is quite poor, uh, which is a bit disappointing. But at the end of the day, you you know, you're trying to sort of win your battles in set-pieces against a, a Neil Warnock side who we, we know, no disrespect to Middlesbrough, but they're, they're going to be a stern defence and they're going to be, you know, big, big blokes as well. So maybe I'm being a little bit too critical. Um, be, before we talk about the goal, which was probably the next best chance that we had, um, I want to talk about that shallow yellow card. I, the, the, the game's gone, isn't it? Like, I, I, I know we're a Watford podcast, so some people listening to this might think we're being biased, but I thought that was an absolutely superb challenge by Chalabar. Yeah, that was perfectly um, a good challenge. I thought there was nothing wrong with it. You, the thing is, when you show any kind of force nowadays, the referee's quick on to it, isn't he? And yeah. he protects the opposition straight away. But back in the day, um, Vinnie Jones wouldn't have been able to play <laughs> football nowadays. He wouldn't no. be able to t- make any challenges. Um, it, there was nothing wrong with the challenge. He just wins the ball. Yes, there's a little bit of force. But he made no connection with Morsi at all. It, it was horrible to see that he actually got injured off the back of it because mm. um, he, he, his knee opened up when he was about to strike the ball and then obviously Chalaber hit the ball onto his ankle and then it, his knee looks like it, it gave way a little bit and it was not good that he's probably... Well, he's out for the rest of the season. We saw a tweet that came out yesterday yeah. from Morsi and Chalaber offered his sincere apology saying he never intends to injure an opponent and he, he wishes him a speedy recovery, which was... Really good to see from Chalapa, but yeah, yeah the, the game's gone if you're giving free kicks for that. Um, and now that's Chalapa's 11th booking of the season. And I don't think that's the first time that's happened to Chalapa this season where he's won the ball from a perfectly good challenge and ended up being booked for it. I can't remember yeah. what the game was, but I, I, within the last two months, it, it has happened to Chalapa. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Tim Robinson, I know we, we all sort of disliked him after the Bournemouth game, but I didn't really have any other complaints because he's refereed us a few times after that and he's been OK. And they obviously rate him quite highly because of the calibre of games that he gets. And um, I, I do think he got that one massively wrong yesterday. I also saw an interview on the Watford Observer from Neil Warnock saying that he thinks we'll walk promotion. And then regarding the Chalaba challenge, he said if VAR was in place... Chalibur would have been lucky not to see a red card. And I'm thinking, come on, wait, Neil. Um, and Neil, uh, Neil's a, He's a character, isn't he? as well. <laughs> He's a character, yeah. Colin, good old Colin. Um, and then that was on the 25th minute. Five minutes, uh, seven minutes later, sorry, uh, Zinkenagel took a, a shot on the edge of the box and um, not the best goal he'll score all season, Ben, but they all count, right? Yeah, they all count. A lovely way is. Um, 
assist from um, Zinker and Eagle um, to find Saar. Um, yeah, lovely finish from Saar. I think maybe his best finish of the season. Um, <laughs> good good work down the left-hand side. Um, ball fell to Zinker and Eagle. Um, his shot was deflected heavily off um, Saar. And yeah, the Middlesbrough just stopped and um, was claiming for offside. When I did see um, everyone going mad, like the goalkeeper, the defenders, all going over to a line and shouting, I thought... Or maybe there's something in there. Maybe it is offside. But there was <laughs> the two players claiming that it was offside. We're actually playing him onside. I know. I couldn't stop laughing at that. When I saw the replays, <laughs> I thought, I wonder how close this is going to be. Because the thing I hate is when they are offside, you think, yes, we've we've got the rub of the green here. But then you see all these people on Twitter like, oh, so it was offside. They didn't, you know, they shouldn't have scored. They're cheating away to promotion, all this rubbish. But when I saw the replay and it was so ironic because the two that complained the most and had their hands up first were the two players that were playing them on the side. Um, but look, when you look seeing, you look seeing and Watford's luck is in at the moment and any other day that would have missed Sarr and it would have hit Sarr and maybe gone over or it would have hit Sarr and Bettinelli in the Borough goal would have saved it but Sarr was in for his, his 10th goal of the season and I'm sure that's exactly how he envisaged getting his 10th goal of the season um, yeah. but we, uh, we 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 looked like we were pretty comfortable at that stage in terms of possession we got the goal um, we, we needed to get to half time there was a few squeaky bum moments because obviously they because of the Sam Morsey injury they had seven minutes had he done in the first half so I think Borough had a few free kicks and you know it, it was a bit nervy at times but we made it through to half time and you know I talk about possession Borough had 40% at half time we had 59.3 uh, they didn't have any shots at all uh, and, and none on target, obviously. We had six shots in total, two on target, four corners for Borough, one for us, 196 passes for us and 121 passes for them. And then obviously that Nathaniel Chalaba yellow card. Um, ben, as I say, you know, towards the end of the first half, we were sort of maybe hanging on a little bit and sort of hoping to get the ball away. The goal, there was only one goal in that second half and that was to get a goal, wasn't it, Ben? Because we knew that we were going to be up against a stern, stern tough side in, in near Warnock's Middlesbrough. Yeah, there were signs in the first half that if, if Middlesbrough was getting enough players forward, they could they could cause us problems. And it, they was getting lots of set pieces in and around the box. There's opportunities for them to get good deliveries into a box. And I mean, you've got Paddy McNair standing over it. You know, it's going, you're going to get a good delivery into a box. And... Um, and then it took, only took four minutes for him to have a disallowed goal from Middlesbrough, wasn't it? Um, yeah. The ball came ball came into a box. I think it hit Whitmore, who was standing in an offside position. And then his rebound um, went in past Batman. But luckily, the Lino's flag went up. But that was that was a wake-up call for Watford. It was like, come on, let's wake up. Let's switch on because it was a slow start to the second half. Yeah, luckily there was no complaints about that one and he was blatantly offside because, again, we would have heard a lot of moanings from Neil Warnock and, you know, you, you saw, I think, was it the first half? I think it was. You saw that maybe Cisco and Warnock having a bit of a bit of a debate on the sideline. What did make me laugh as well, I don't know if anyone saw this, but Adam Leventhal uh, tweeted yesterday, <laughs> as soon as that goal went in, Neil Warnock, obviously, the way he is, was going ballistic at the ref. The Watford bench offered to show Warnock the replay, which would have shown his two players playing Sarah on side. But funnily enough, 
Neil Warnock wasn't interested in that. Um, so, yeah, but as you say, Ben, you know, 50 minutes on the clock, not long after the restart, what more has it in the back of the net? But luckily he's offside. But you'd, you'd have thought that would have been sort of a wake-up call. Uh, and it sort of was, you know, 12 minutes later, uh, Siren Pedro linking up well uh, down the right-hand side. And unfortunately... Um, Jao Pedro can't put it on target for his 10th goal of the season. Do you, do you think he should have done a little bit better there, Ben, where, where he's just put it wide of the post? Yeah, he's got to do better, but it was it was good um, good urgency from Watford, actually. That was the yeah. one time we actually played with a bit of urgency, intensity, um, moving the ball quickly, and we actually created a really good chance out of it. So I was kind of hoping there was going to be more to come out of that. But yeah, that was fantastic play. It was Kiko with a throw-in. Saw at the bottom and spins his man, gets and pulls it back, and there's Pedro who just fires wide, and he could have got a better connection on that, but that was promising from Watford. Yeah, you say you, you at that time you would have hoped it would have spurred more chances. Ten minutes later, Sars through again, and again just whistles one narrowly wide of the post. Um, again, probably could have done a little bit better with trying to put that on target, um, and. You, you that was a better off the chance as well, I thought. Yeah, yeah, I thought that as well. I thought he should have put that in. Um, and maybe it's a reflection of him not being in the goals at the moment. He's perhaps not as confident, who knows. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it was it was disappointing not to put that in. But that that's perhaps the, the story of our sort of last few games since international that was probably... break. The, the best chance of the second half, wasn't it? It was really yeah, good play from so. Watford. I think sort of won the ball back. Found Kiko, Kiko back to Saar, Saar to Semmer, and then Semmer saw that Pedro had so much room on the left-hand side. I don't know what Middlesbrough would do, were doing there with a the defending. He was in naked of space, and he tried to just side-foot it, it, curl it into that bottom corner, but it, inches wide. But yeah, that, that was the best chance of that second half to try and get it up to 2-0. Absolutely. Well, um, you know, after that chance, I think they made a double substitution. Belassi and Akpom coming on. Um, I was watching with my Arsenal supporting mate who was telling me how crap Tuba Akpom is. And I thought, well, I better not say anything just in case he jinxes it. Um, and then we made our first sub, Dan Gosling, coming on for Zinkenagel. Um, Zinkenagel's performance yesterday, Ben, you, was you happy with Zinkenagel? Obviously got the, the assist for that wonder goal. You know, other than that, was you was you happy with how he's how he's played, considering he's come back from a knock? Yeah, I thought I thought he fitted in well. I thought it was a bit of a bright spark. You couldn't really yeah. say that with many of our attacking players yesterday. He looked like he wanted to create something, and he, he had a few opportunities yesterday. He had a couple of shots and was unlucky not to score. Um, grabbed an assist. So yeah, I thought it was a good performance. And obviously, he only played um, like seventy five minutes, so he's he's edging back to full fitness, isn't he? I think it was brought off after sixty minutes last week. So yeah, really happy with the contribution Zinkan Eagles doing at the moment. He's, he's just making that Watford team tick isn't he so uh, yeah I'm really pleased with him yeah yeah likewise and <laughs> feel a bit sorry for Dan Gosling because it was it Rotherham he come on and they scored straight away because the yeah. same happened <laughs> yesterday he come on for for Zinkenagel as I say uh, Ken Semmer Silly give away a free away. kick yeah probably sums it, up his game would you say Ben not 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 the yeah. best game for him yesterday yeah really not up to any of the Ken Semmer standards that we've seen this season. I think he gave away a couple of needless fouls in that corner within like consecutive minutes as well. And the last one he gave away, we was punished from. He, I think it wasn't just Ken Semmer. We gave away too many free kicks in and around for the penalty box yeah. yesterday, especially 
like we did the same with Sheffield Wednesday last week when yeah, we've got Barry Bannon over the ball and you can deliver a good ball into the box. Um, you, you know you're going to struggle. And then with Middlesbrough with Paddy McNair, exactly oh, the same kind of player. Kind yeah, of really, really good at set pieces. So, yeah, mm. I thought we shot ourselves in the foot yesterday because before that, we was dealing with set pieces really well. We was getting mm. to it. But this one, it, it was Velassie, wasn't it? He, yeah. he ended up getting away from Truce Econ and had a bit of a run on him and ended up powering his head past Batman. But we've got to do better. Absolutely. I know we've got a lot better at set pieces this season, but for my liking, we're still conceding too many. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it was a silly foul to give away. Uh, perhaps Sem, uh, Semmer is, is feeling a bit sort of knackered still from his international duty. You know, I think he played 90 minutes on a Wednesday, then, um, you know, played at, at some part on Friday and then played again on, started, well, um, started on um, Monday again. So whether it's still fatigue, I don't know, but a very silly foul to give away. Paddy McNair, very, very good free kick on him, puts the delivery in, pinpoint for Yannick Bellassi. Of course, it was him, the ex-Palace man. Um, yeah. And it's his first goal. It was his first goal in English football since 2018. So, uh, yeah, if you're struggling for a goal, play Watford. Um, <laughs> and then um, the, the the last substitution yesterday uh, was was just... It was five minutes later on the 83rd minute mark. Isaac's success coming on for Ken Semmer. Didn't really understand that one myself, to be honest, because we were obviously... We, we, was that sort of just accepted that we were going to be drawing 1-1 to you, Ben? Because I thought his substitutions, he only made two out of the possible five. I'm not saying make all five, but I thought he got his substitutions wrong yesterday, uh, Cisco did. Yeah, and I thought maybe he he was out coached by Warnock yesterday as well because yeah. fair play to Middlesbrough. Um, I thought they set up perfectly and they they, they stopped us from playing. Um, they stopped us getting down the right hand side where we're getting so much joy from Kiko and Saw all season. Yeah. They flooded that right hand side and stopped us getting any joy out of that at all. I think we only had that one chance when Saw spun his man and pulled it back to Pedro. That was the only chance on that right hand side. Um, so yeah, I thought Middlesbrough were fantastic tactically. Um, I thought their man-to-man marking was really good as well. Um, yes. So, yeah, I just thought Cisco was probably out, out-coached yesterday. Um, tactics probably weren't great. Maybe he needed to see that it wasn't working during the, the game and he needed a plan B. Um, I think we've seen that before this season where he would switch it up, but not yesterday. And then substitutions, possibly a bit too late. I, I would have maybe yeah. wanted to do them a bit earlier on in the game. Um I would have maybe made a change at half time, possibly as well, because it just seemed like we needed to inject a bit of urgency and pace into the game. Um, I didn't think Semmer was at the races yesterday. Um, and that, that was him coming back in for his first start after the international game as well. So a bit disappointed with that. But I don't know how anyone else would feel about this, but I messaged you yesterday because I, I didn't watch the game live. So I, I caught up on it and I think I messaged you about five o'clock saying I've just watched the game. And I, I said I've, I would have brought on um, success a bit earlier or would have um, maybe started him only purely because Middlesbrough were getting so much joy um, out of Joel Pedro um, up front. Um, I thought Joel Pedro glimpses he showed that he was good yesterday but I thought his first touch was poor I don't think he was holding the ball up very well yesterday and it kind of looked like we was missing a physical man up front where 
success has maybe shown that in his the last game against Sheffield Wednesday, he, he put himself about a bit more and he was getting the flick-ons and that and we was getting the joy out or maybe Saar running onto the end of that. And I, I thought maybe yesterday against a physical side like Middlesbrough, maybe maybe we should have played Isaac success through the middle just for that and maybe would have stuck Pedro on the left still with Sam was still obviously knackered from the international break. What was your thoughts on that? Or would you just wanted to keep success out of a team or um yeah, I mean in terms of a physical option as 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 we've talked about, you know, Borough are quite a big physical side and Neil Warnock sort of will have got into him and sold him to, to be as physical as possible. I thought their defender, is it Grant Hall? Um he had a he won everything in here, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. man of match, I think. Yeah, so, you know, maybe if we would have put success up against him, he probably wouldn't have had a, a, a sort of an, such an easy game, so to speak. Um, but again, you know, maybe he's trying to play Pedro into form. I mean, he hasn't scored yeah. in how many games and sometimes managers can, can be accused of trying to play a player into form. Uh, we perhaps saw it with Andre Gray earlier this season, uh, but didn't quite work out in that sense. But yeah, maybe. Um, I, I think... You know, usually a front three of Saar, Semmer and Pedro usually works wonders. But when they've just been, well, when one of them has just been on an international break, you sort of get the sense that if one's not ticking, then maybe the others aren't as well. So, um, yeah, it would have been interesting to see success up against their defence yesterday uh, to see what he could have could have done. But, um, I mean, luckily for us, you know, when, when they scored that goal, I, I was sort of hoping that we'd hang on. Um, it, it was sort of feeling back, you know, going back to that feeling, which I haven't felt with this Watford side for a while, maybe against Sheffield Wednesday. But, um, you know, before that, we've 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 looked in control and looked like we know, you know, we've we looked confident enough to see the game out. But luckily we did. Um, full-time whistle, 1-1. Possession stats were 35 to Watford, 64. We had 10 shots in total, two of them on target, three shots from Middlesbrough, one on target, two corners to Middlesbrough's five, and they had 236 passes and we had 450. So again, it showed that we were very comfortable in possession, but unfortunately we weren't clinical enough with it. And again, we weren't clinical, like we weren't against Sheffield Wednesday. It's just lucky that Sheffield Wednesday was saving all their goals for yesterday because, yeah, we... um, we didn't look clinical enough yesterday. So, um, but yeah, as I said, Ben, before the game, we would have took it. It's another point on the board with ten points clear, because as I mentioned earlier, results went our way. Thank the Lord, Swansea lost in the last minute. Their captain Matt Grimes' own goal. Uh, he was the one that was linked with us, so maybe that was his way of saying you should let me go to Watford. Um, <laughs> but yeah, one nil, Ben. So ten points clear of Swansea now. Um, We've got six games to play. Brentford play today, as we record, against Birmingham. So hopefully Birmingham can, you know, follow up their impressive win against Swansea with a, another win at, at the Brentford's Community Stadium. I think that's what it's called. Um, that would be brilliant. But Ben, like I said, you know, 10 points clear still. Another, you know, game unbeaten. At least it wasn't a loss and we, we'll take the draw, won't we? Yeah, it's, it, I think it's definitely a point gained. Um, Middlesbrough was a tough, tough opposition. Um, yeah. We called it when we spoke to Sam, who came on last week with us. Yeah. We, all three of us said it was going to be a tough game. and All three of us said it was going to be a draw. Yeah. Um, against Neil Warner, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a difficult afternoon. So 
like you said in your tweet as well, if you got offered a point before the game, you would have definitely have taken it. I think we ended up feeling disappointed afterwards because we controlled the game first half. We wasn't really tested. We we didn't Middlesbrough didn't have a shot on target at all. Didn't even have a shot, I don't think, first half. Second no, half, no. second half, they 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 got that free kick on the edge of a box, and it was that one good delivery that um, Belossi got on the end of it to pull it away, which is frustrating. But like you said, we we held on. Um, we we got the point. It's time to regroup now for Watford. I think mm. give him a couple of days off because we're playing Reading on Friday. It's Tuesday today. Obviously, the yeah. boys are going to be back in London County training ground today. They're going to be warming down or recovery, whatever they do. Um, I think they probably deserve a day off tomorrow because of all the international breaks. And then Thursday, go in, do a bit of training, work on the shape, and then Friday will be match day and hopefully we'll be ready and firing. Because like you said a, a minute ago, when our front three don't really perform, I think Watford really struggle. And we've had Saar, who's recently came back from injury, Semu has gone away on international duty. And then you've got Joel Pedro, who's not really been into the goals lately. So we just need to find a way of getting them all back firing again. Or maybe giving them a day off might work. Yeah, yeah, perfectly put. You know, I can't argue with anything you've said there. I think, you know, a day off wouldn't go amiss. Uh, another big game on, on, on Friday, as you say, you know, uh, they looked, Reading looked good against Derby yesterday. I think 3-1 they won in the end. So, um, you know, they, they're not completely out of the woods. And look, you know, the gap from from Bournemouth to, to Swansea now is very, very close. So, yeah, you, know, that, you, could, you could maybe see Swansea slipping out of the playoffs. That, is that four <laughs> defeats in a row now? Four or three Possibly. defeats in a row? Yeah, I must yeah. say, I, I do love going on Twitter and seeing these um, YouTube videos of opposition <laughs> fans. Uh, that Swansea one. If yeah, um, yeah. watch along live, whatever they call it. Um, the Swansea fan absolutely lost his crap yesterday when they conceded. <laughs> and it, it was fantastic to watch. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we should be worried about Swansea now. It's Brentford. Brentford have got two games in hand. Yes, we're 10 points clear of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if they win those two games, that gap goes down to four points. And then we've still got to play them. We've got a better goal difference. Um, but it's in our own hands. Um, I'm, not, I'm not worried yet. Um, we've got... Reading on Friday, it's a winnable game. I think, yeah, win our home games and we should be all right. Uh, well, you've answered another question there. So uh, we've we've answered two before <laughs> even getting into it. Um, but yeah, uh, what we'll do now is we're going to go to an ad break and then we'll be back to answer the questions that you guys have sent in, which is absolutely fantastic. Thank you. And then we're just going to round it off by talking about that game at the Vic on a Friday night. So yeah, we're going to go to an ad break. We'll see you in a bit for part two. Voices of the Vic is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineering tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off now and free delivery with the code V. OTV at manscaped.com. Manscaped has just launched in the UK and we've gone years without using the right tools for the job. You can be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ever ball trimmer 
ever created and just released a new and improved lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. The third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. Yeah. Um, when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof as well, so it allows you to groom in the shower. And one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by just USB. So if you're listening right now, I want you to experience that firsthand for yourself. Let's get that bush to the touch clean. It's 20% off plus free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com. Make your testies your besties <laughs> get 20% off at and free delivery with the code VOTV at manscaped.com and your balls will thank you thanks for rejoining for part two that was uh that was very very good to talk about the game albeit, albeit it was a rubbish game as i said <laughs> this part of the uh this part of the podcast we're now going to be answering the questions that you guys continue to send in on a regular basis and we thank you a lot so ben we'll start with the first one here from watford caroline who's uh recently sort of said how much she enjoys the podcast so thank you very much for that caroline um she asked, what would your celebration be when we get promoted? And when did you start to believe that we had a chance of promotion? And then in uh, brackets, she's put, obviously, this does depend on you believing it is going to happen. I think me and Ben can both agree that we think it's going to happen now. Um, I mean, yesterday, if we would have won, that would have really sort of been the final nail in the coffin for me believing it. Uh, that, probably not the right word to use, actually, but that would have been the first real glimpse of me thinking we, we've, we, we're on. But yeah, Ben. When when we get when we get promoted, uh, or shall we say, if we get promoted, what will your celebration be? Yeah, let's say if at the moment because <laughs> I don't want to get too carried away. Um, promotion. Um, well, if anyone knew me before um, the podcast, they'd know that when we got promoted down at Brighton, I ended up <laughs> going in to see. Um, yeah. Got absolutely smashed after the celebrations <laughs> in the streets of Brighton um, when everyone was waiting. I think we was trying to get in a bar, but the bar was absolutely packed to watch that. Was it Fulham versus Middlesbrough again? Yeah. And then um, they messed up in the last minute or something. And so everyone was standing at the window and went absolutely mental. And then everyone erupted into the streets afterwards. Um, and then, yeah, got a few crates of beers went down to the, the beach and then, yeah, consumed a lot, stripped down to my boxes and ran and jumped into the sea. And yeah, that, that was, that was bloody freezing, mate. Oh, I bet. Um, I, I've got, a, I've got a video of it on my phone. Um, I might upload it if we get promoted just to show everyone. Um, so maybe it, it might have to be the pond. Um, yeah. Do, do we jump in the pond? I think somebody asked a question and uh, on Twitter and they there was like I think it was a hornet's nest and there was like um, if it's socially distanced and yeah absolutely um, so maybe what would you knows? do to celebrate? Um, I'm not sure to be honest. I've not I'm not really thought about it too much because you know as as a Watford fan don't like getting too carried away and um, yeah I. 
I think I would perhaps, I mean, obviously I'd be in Nottingham, so I wouldn't be able to get down to Watford anytime soon, but I would perhaps say my celebration would definitely involve me going to the local supermarket, probably getting a couple of crates of beer, and then um, just pretty much seeing my way through them at a speed of knots, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I would probably go with that. Um, but it's it's difficult to say. I, I, again, I, I don't like getting ahead of myself. So I'm <laughs> knowing me, yeah, I'll plan this massive thing and then we'll bottle it on the last day or something. But yeah, um, yeah, the job's the job's not done yet, is it? It's carried away thinking about really. I, I still don't think we 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 promoted yet. I don't. I think it was going to go down to the last final games and yeah. I don't. Do you still think that thinking. now? Do you still think it um, will go down to the last day now? Um. Yeah, because I think really? we would have to, possibly. Yeah, I, I I see Brentford possibly winning their next two games in hand. I know they got Birmingham tonight, and they look a completely different um animal team under yeah animal team under Lebo. Yeah, so it's going to be difficult for them tonight. But um, yeah, I, I think it could go down. I think we could even slip up against like a Brentford, um, which would make it go down to the last day of the season. And if we got to win our home games, our last home games is against um, Swansea in the last game of the season. So yeah, it's, wow. it possibly could go down to the last game of the season. I don't want it to. I want no, it to be wrapped up does. a lot sooner. Yeah. I'd mm. love it to be wrapped up at Luton or Norwich or even Millwall. But yeah, I don't Luton know. Be brilliant. It, it would be, oh, it'd be amazing. We've and got it's a, a shame that no that. fans could be going. I know. Yeah, it is. Um, I mean, the other sort of question she's asked, Ben, when, when did you start to believe that we had a chance? Was it a particular game for you? Oh, um, I think it was, it was, it's got to be Cardiff away. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Scoring a free kick in the last minute. Um <laughs> And again, no fans in it again, which is absolutely gutting. But yeah, just to see the response as well, because I think the week before that we was we was playing Bournemouth, was it? And we ended up losing. Mm-hmm. And it was it's how how you respond from that. And I said that would have upset the players, seeing how Bournemouth were reacting there. Um, it would have set a fire in the belly, and Watford would have came out thinking, "No, we're not going to let this happen. We're going to get promoted. We're not going to be in this division, and let's work hard for each other." and we definitely saw that at Cardiff. The mentality changed, and I thought the togetherness that they showed in that game, in particular, and the celebrations after that goal went in from a scene was just incredible. And yeah, that, that I started believing when that went in. I, I, to score in the ninety third minute and a free kick, wow! It just took my breath away. Mm. Yeah, I think I think I'll go with that as well. You know that that was such a momentous game for us. You know, uh, Cardiff were banging form at the time. I don't think they'd lost under Mick McCarthy, and then for us to you know go one nil down, come back straight away, pretty much, and then score the free kick or everything we could have asked for happened in that game. And yeah, I I, I think that's very very relevant to say um, next question we've had from another regular listener Chris Bone he said when we are promoted at Luton so he thinks that's when it's going to happen <laughs> do you think their players should give us a guard of honour uh, and then he's also <laughs> asked what is the strangest ingredient you've seen on a pizza he's going with horse meat <laughs> um, I mean we've seen Celtic and Rangers I think Celtic refused to give Rangers a guard of honour do you think yeah. that do you think that they would, Ben? Because, again, they, they might not feel as much as 
you know, you know they, they might not feel that there's that much of a rivalry again. I know Nathan Jones alluded to it in the last game at, at the Vic, saying it really didn't feel like a rivalry whatsoever. But um, do you think they'd deny us a guard of honour? Do do you get a guard of honour if do, you finish I was going to say, do you, do you even get it if you win the league and get promoted yeah, in the championship? I don't, I don't think you do. Um, is it just when you win the title in the top division, like we've seen in the Premier League, and obviously in, we've just spoke about it in Scotland with Celtic and Rangers? Is it is it a thing? I think we should definitely bring it in if we do get promoted at Luton. Um, yeah, yeah. But whether we'll give it or not, I think they might end up throwing stones at us or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I'd love to see it, but I, I strongly doubt it. And as for yeah. the strangest topping on a um, pizza I think we've all had a bit of horse meat after the horse meat scandal a few years ago and when uh, I think Tesco's were selling horse meat as beef burgers weren't they back in the day um but yeah the strangest thing well I know in Australia they have like crocodile meat and kangaroo meat on pizzas but um wow yeah only only talking from previous experience my one would be for what I said a couple of months ago, that KFC one I had, and um, Kentucky oh. Fried Chicken with a grey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's going to be my um, strangest one I've I've seen and tasted. <laughs> yeah, I um, I will probably go for. I was on holiday in Mallorca in 2008 uh, with my family, and my brother loved pizza back then. And he had a fried egg cracked bang in the centre of the pizza. And I was like, really? <laughs> I've that seen thing? that. I've seen that. I swear we saw that when we went to Barcelona. Oh, Do you yeah. remember think, when we were, yes. we were boys? There, there was like a counter in this, um, I think it was a bakery, but they were selling pizza and they had fried egg on top of a bloody pizza. And I was like, what is that? But yeah. I think it's quite common over in uh, Spain. Yeah, yeah, maybe it is. You know, if we've got any Spanish listeners, if you can confirm that for us, that'd be great. But yeah, that's probably the weirdest <laughs> ingredient that I've seen on a pizza. Um, but yeah, I was really, on a pizza. Mad. Yeah, I was really disappointed when you gave the review of the KFC one because I was really looking forward to trying that for a long time. Uh, and you weren't the only one to say that it was very, very, you know. Have you have you tried like a Donna meat one? Uh, no, I, I you'd have thought I would have because I love my Donner meat, but um, that that sounds incredible to be honest. So um, I think that might be next on the list. Um, Let me know if when you have it because I'm I'm undecided. Uh, it fact, sounds amazing, but I think it could be rank. That might be my celebration if we get promoted. Order a large Donner meat pizza. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, love it. George White um, has asked next season in the Premier League, what additions do we need to stay there? Um, we, I, I thought we'd acknowledge the question, George. We will probably at some stage do a podcast which will pretty much outline who we want to, who we believe should stay and who we believe should go and then possibly any other additions we believe should come in, a bit like we did at the start of this season. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for the question, but I'm sure we'll release a podcast which will just be on that subject alone. Um, Jamie Davis, you you sort of answered this question, Ben, um, towards the end of talking about the game. He said, if we win just the home games this season from now on, do we go up? Because it will be 88 points if, if that is the case. And I think we've said that 90 points should do it. So do you think 88 and just winning the home games or do you think we need to sneak another away win in there as well just to, just to make sure the job is done? 
um, away win and possibly a, a point away from home as well. But yeah, I do think if we pick up nine points out of the, the games that we've got left at home, which are Reading, Millwall and Swansea, I think I do think the job will be done. Um, it's a shame we're playing. We got a home game last game of the season. Ideally, maybe you'd want that second last game of the season just so you can maybe enjoy the last game of the season and not worry and lose too much hair or too much sleep going into the game. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think, we, yeah, Win, win your home games. That's nine points. Um, I, I don't see Swansea or Brentford putting a run of games that would overtake us um, if if we don't win our home games. Um, I, yeah, we're just so good at home. I, I just don't. The worst case, I think we might get seven points out of those three home games, and I think that might be a draw to maybe Swansea last game of the season. Um, yeah, we, we've can, seen what for yeah. teams in the past. They're not great under pressure when it, it matters. Um, especially last time, we always fighting for promotion and we could have won a title um, really last game it. of the season against <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Um, yeah, me and you were halfway down the concourse, ready to run on the pitch at full time and celebrate us winning the title, but it wasn't to be, was it? Yeah, it wasn't to be. And <laughs> the scenes in that away end when that went in and oh, we we ended up with going on the pitch after the full-time whistle and it, it didn't feel right, did it? It was like, what are we doing? This feels, yeah. this feels wrong. Um, yeah, exactly. But we ended up getting on the Watford DVD, didn't we? So yeah, we can't, yeah. We can't complain too much. <laughs> yeah, if you've got that DVD, look out for the guy with the inflatable banana at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, James Hurst has asked, what's your favourite Pringles flavour? Uh, I mean, there is only one correct answer in my opinion. And then what have we been doing wrong in these two games and what needs to change for the Reading game? I think we've not been clinical enough to answer that latter one. Uh, we need to be more clinical. You know, we a couple of games ago, you know, we were winning 1-3-0 against Birmingham City. You know, we were, we were scoring goals. So we're not being clinical enough. Whereas this time, you know, We've we've we relied on the one goal against Sheffield Wednesday. Luckily, we were we were able to keep them at, at bay just about. And then yesterday, we had a couple of chances to maybe score two or three. Only scored the one, and it come back to bite us. So I think to answer that question, James, we need to be clinical. Uh, I don't know if you've got any other suggestions for that, Ben. But other than that, what is your favourite Pringles flavour? Um, I think it's down to. The front three, which I've highlighted recently, I think Sars coming back from injury. Pedro's not scoring goals, and Sema looks absolutely knackered. So I think we just need to get those three firing, and I think the clinicalness will will come back and we'll start scoring goals again. Hopefully, we see it this weekend against Reading. Um, yeah. Favorite Pringle flavor? Oh. And there's a couple, isn't there? Um, <sighs> I, I really, I, I really like salt and vinegar, but it ends what? up hurting my tongue because of uh, how salty and vinegary it is. <laughs> it ends up stinging my tongue. Um, so Texas barbecue, I'll go with. Ah, oh, Ben, you've disappointed me there, mate. It's so, it's got to be sour cream and onion, or sour oh, cream really? and chives. Sorry, yeah, the green ones. They're they're the best Pringles ever. I, I do like them, yeah, but yeah. I, I just rate the other ones above it. I might even throw another one above that prawn cocktail. Have you tried that? I've not tried them ones, no. I, it, prawn cocktail Pringles just don't sound right. Like, just leave mate, they're amazing. I might try them. In fact, I'll, I'll throw them in with the Donna pizza when we get promoted. And, uh, <laughs> we'll see what the hype's all about. Um, <laughs> I'd love to know what you're drinking at night. At the moment, you have a oh. Donna meat pizza, 
a side as a prawn cocktail Pringles, and then yeah. we're going to have like cream soda to wash it down with. <laughs> I have no idea. The, the next morning will be a bit hairy, I think. But um, yeah, <laughs> oh, I'm I'm dreading that hangover already. Um, you've sort of mentioned this already, Ben, but uh, Ben Matthews has said, do you think some players need taking out the team just to freshen things up? So, for example. Uh, William Chusa Kong, Ken Semmer, JP10. Last two games, we've looked worrying lethargic. Um, so, yeah, do, do you think it is a tough one because they do look knackered, but at the end of the day, they are a threat. And like, without them in the squads, would we be doing as well? I, I don't know. So it's a really, really tough one. Would you change any of those up for this running, Ben? Or would you be reluctant to? Uh, uh... I might just make one change this weekend and that would probably be just to rest Ken Semmer. Um, everyone else I'd probably play only because we're playing Reading on Wednesday and no, Friday and then we're not playing again until next Saturday when we're playing Luton away. So there's a seven-day rest period then. Mm. Um, so I don't think you'd want to change too much. I just think for a moment you'd maybe rest Ken Semmer because he looks the most tired out of them all. Um, yeah. And maybe put Gal Pedro back over on the left-hand side and then either pick success or Andre Gray down the middle. Um, yeah. I, w- I would keep the back four. I know Truce Econ, I-, I praised him last week. I thought he was outstanding and his passing was much better. But last- yesterday he struggled, didn't he? Um, yeah, I thought he let Balassi get away from him too easily. His passing was really poor. Uh, but that was down to Middlesbrough as well. Um, a lot of people have pointed this out watching it back that... Um, Middlesbrough were targeting um, Truce Econ, the high press on um, him as well. They, they, they wanted Truce Econ to have the ball. Um, so they knew that he wasn't great passing the ball out from the back. And I think they, that, that showed yesterday. And um, maybe he's one to come out, maybe give Cabaselli a game. But I, w- I would keep that back for. I don't want too many changes there because I don't want mistakes to creep into the game. Yeah, it's it's um, it, it's it difficult, is difficult, isn't it? It is really what would you difficult. Do? I, I, see, I know they've looked lethargic, but I'd just be a bit reluctant to change them because, yes, Semmer can have enough games, but then other games he can be unplayable. You know, I think it was against Blackburn. He was he weren't the greatest, and he scored that game as well. Um, he's had a few quiet games this season, but then the next game he tends to completely rip it up. So it's really really tough, I, and. I, do you yeah. think he's becoming a bit of a scapegoat? Whenever Watford don't perform, we just go, "Oh, Ken Semmer's looking tired." Because um, I don't, I don't really hear it from any other player. Really, I just always see, "Oh, Ken Semmer is tired." Yeah, and that might be because he is looking tired, and you know, I don't know whether scapegoats the right word to use, but I think people are very quick to pick up on Ken Semmer looking tired straight away. Uh, and, and look, that might be for yeah. a reason. It might be because he does stand out head and shoulders above everyone else because of how lethargic he looks. But yeah, I can sort of see where you're going with that. I, I, I think, yeah, I can sort of see where you're going. Um, it's interesting you say, Ben, you, you said we've got um, Reading on Friday and then the next game isn't isn't till Luton on Saturday. So surely now we cannot get promoted at Luton. Is that not out the question completely now? Yeah, we wouldn't be able. To, yeah, because there's... we'd be on. That would be the forty-second game of the season, so we'd have four games left, twelve points possible. So we would have to win against Reading, and hope that Brentford lose, and 
and lose all one, their games in hands. Yeah, lose their game in hands whenever they are. And that, their game in hands might be after the Luton game. So I don't think we can get promoted at Luton anymore unless unless I'm working it out wrong in my head. Um, I'm sure listeners will be quick to point out if I have got that wrong and, and I'll be happy for them to do so. But yeah, from from just thinking that out when you said it, I was thinking, I don't think it is possible to get pr- promoted at Luton anymore, purely because Brentford have got a game in hand. If they didn't have that game in hand, then maybe, just maybe. Um, they got two games in hand, haven't they? So I think they're, once against Bournemouth... Um, um, and once against Birmingham. Yeah, or um, I don't know. I've got Rotherham, Rotherham in my head for some reason. Oh, that's it. Rotherham and Birmingham City, isn't it? Yeah. They've still got to play Birm- uh, Bournemouth, which would actually be quite an interesting game at this yeah. time of season now. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. we're 10, 10 points clear of them. They've got two games in hand. Uh, yeah, uh, and there's about five, six games left. Yeah, we mathematically, we, we can't get promoted at Luton. I don't even think we could maybe get promoted at Norwich. No. I think it'd be the earliest would be Millwall, and Millwall, that's the third maybe. loss game. Yeah. I'd, listen, I'd take that. You know, I'd rather do that than have to go down to the last game of the season. No, thank you. Um, and then the last question we've got, because we've answered Catherine's question about um, with the international break coming at the wrong time. Uh, Ash at what at the Watford tie has said, "Are you going to jump in the pond if we are promoted? And if no, are you even Watford fans?" Ash, I think I mentioned this. I'd love to. I'd love nothing more. Although last time we got promoted, I didn't physically jump in the ponds. We were in Watford High Street that day when Ben talked about when we drew with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but I didn't physically jump in the ponds because I would have had, you know, quite a long journey home with being absolutely soaking wet with no change of clothes. So I thought against it. If there is any possible way of me being able to get to Watford, then possibly I would love to come down and go go out for a few drinks. Um, I mean, I think with, it's the rule of six kicks in on the 12th, so in six days' time, um, and it's only outside pubs can open. But I don't know if the last game of the season falls after May, whenever it is, um, I think that pubs can open again properly so if if social distancing allows to me to do so and Boris has eased restrictions again then I would absolutely love to come down to Watford and have a few drinks to celebrate so maybe watch his space uh, I'd love to do some sort of live reaction podcast as well and, and do something on, on social media but we will see um, it all depends when or if you know when and if we get promoted uh, but yeah, watch this space on that one. Uh, but they're all the questions that you've sent in, guys. Uh, I say this every time, but thank you very, very much for sending those questions in. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, me and Ben look forward to to reading some of these questions. I think it was last night. Ben was messaging me saying, "I'm loving these questions that we get. Like they're brilliant." Uh, and it just just changes it up, you know. We we we're not, you know serious or anything like that we i don't think we we ever have been uh so it just makes it a little bit more fun and, and hopefully more fun for you guys to listen to as well um and we're gonna just wrap the show up by talking about the game on friday uh you know so quick that we've just played two games i got another one on friday as, as we've mentioned reading at home um they drew with barnsley on good friday and then they um beat derby yesterday on easter monday <laughs> There's still a threat, it would seem. Um, I, I do feel more confident because we're at home. How do you see this one panning out, Ben? Um, going to be a difficult game again. I think um, we're going to see 
Reading with a bit more possession than what Middlesbrough did. Uh, Middlesbrough wanted us to have a ball yesterday. They was they was happy with that. That was their game plan. But yeah, I think it might be a bit more high tempo game. Um, both teams looking to attack, and that's going to suit us down to a T. I think that's where we're going to get Sar into the game more. That's where Kiko's going to be a threat as well. Um, and we didn't see that against Middlesbrough yesterday. So. I'm looking forward to a game. I think it would be entertaining. Friday night game as well, which is good. Um, means it's it's closer. We don't have to wait till Saturday for a game. But I don't know what I'm going to do with myself over a weekend. I don't know what for game. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's going to be a good game. I think Reading's their form's a bit sticky lately. I think they've uh, they lost to Birmingham in their first game yeah. under uh, Lee Bowie and then they've picked up back-to-back draws against QPR and Barnsley and then they picked up a good win against Derby yesterday but they're not someone I've really see going up this season are they under the radar a bit they're sitting sixth in the in the league um, at the start of the season they absolutely ran away with it didn't they but then they, they hit a purple patch um, and their form just went downhill so Team that slip out and Bournemouth come in. Um, I don't think they're going to finish in the playoffs this season. I think they're going to fall out, and it's going to be too expensive. Bournemouth, so um, maybe we could help them slip out by beating them. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good. Night. They they, uh, they haven't won away, incidentally, since the twenty seventh of Feb when they beat Rotherham one wow. nil, and then the game wow. before that. Um, they lost 1-0 to, to Wickham away. So, you know, they only just scraped the 1-0 win away at Rotherham. So their last their, they've, their last couple of away games were Barnsley, which was 1-1. Um, they, they lost to Birmingham 2-1. They drew with Forest 1-1. And then before that, it was beating Rotherham 1-0. And then before that was losing 1-0 to, to Wickham. So away from home, recently, they've not been at the races. And uh, as you say, they, this, they're occupying sixth spot at the moment, but just on goal difference and Bournemouth have got a game in hand. So it is it is a game that we should be looking at winning because we're at home. So hopefully that is the case. Um, and then obviously we play on Friday. So Saturday, uh, Millwall have got Swansea. Now Millwall at home, um, they had this crazy stat where they've not won many games at home, but they've also lost a very small amount at home. And they're very, very resolute at the back at home as well. And, um, you know, clean sheet-wise, they're, they're up there this season. Uh, Bial Casco, or whatever his name is, a goalkeeper, has done a superb job there. So hopefully uh, Gary Rowett can can hold Swansea to a nil-nil or maybe even beat them. Uh, and then it's Preston who have been doing us a brilliant favour. Uh, you know, draw with Norwich, beating... Um, Swansea yesterday, and then they host Brentford on uh, on Saturday. So hopefully their Perfect. new manager bounce can continue. But what a bloody run of games that would have been, by the way. Norwich, Swansea, and Brentford. Jesus Christ! Um, I think they should give this caretaker guy the, the the job. I'm led to believe that he was Alex Neal's assistant. So absolutely superb stuff. Really, really do. Uh, really hope he, he gets a job. But um, yeah, it's it is going to be a tough tough game. You know, I know I've just pointed out there. Are away records prob- probably not the best recently but it's they're still sitting sixth for a reason uh, you know we, they frustrated us at the the, the Madeski stadium earlier in the season and um yeah so hopefully we can we can turn that around um I'll kick things off with the score predictions I'm going to go with a 2-1 Watford win Ben score prediction uh 2-0 Watford win 
like it. I like it. And then hopefully the others can sort of slip up again. And then who knows, we could probably be, so what, we're 10 points clear at the moment. So hopefully we can be 13 points clear come Saturday at, at five o'clock. And uh, that's yeah, so brilliant. It's a good opportunity for Watford to... We're playing first again, aren't we? We're playing Friday yeah. night when everyone else is playing Saturday. So it's a good opportunity to put our authority down and get three points and put the pressure on the other team because we saw that last week when we, we beat Sheffield Wednesday and the other team slipped up. Um, I don't think teams like chasing. Um, so, yeah, great opportunity for Watford to extend their lead at the top of, um, towards the top of the table. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if if... Huddersfield can do us a favour tonight. We might even start talking about whether we can catch um, catch Norwich again because we I think we're five points behind them at the moment, but they play Norwich tonight. And like I said, hopefully Birmingham can do us another favour. That would be brilliant. I know I've slagged them off over the years, but I'm, uh, they're, they're my best mates at the moment. So, yeah, but that's that's been another brilliant podcast to, to do with yourself Ben unfortunately obviously we couldn't talk about the um, a win for Watford but it wasn't us talking about a defeat something which we've been lucky enough not to be able to to do for a while and uh, long may that continue for for all I care but yeah we myself and Ben will be back at some stage over the weekends to talk about the Reading game hopefully a win uh, and then we'll be looking ahead to the Derby the M1 Derby obviously you didn't hear from a opposition fan today uh, we weren't able to get one squeezed in. You definitely will not be hearing from one next week um, because we're playing Luton. But uh, yeah, it's it's been an absolute pleasure as always. We hope you enjoy it. Let us know how you uh, how you thought the podcast went. And uh, as always, you know, make sure you subscribe to us on all podcast platforms. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well because we're going to start putting podcasts out on there. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your week. Another four-day week for those guys that work Monday to Friday. And uh, the Horns will be back in action on Friday night. Stay safe, take care, and come on, you Horns. Podcast Network.